And thanks, George. Thanks so much. And great to have you with us here on ABC News Live. I'm joined with our deputy political director, Mary Alice Parks. There you heard it uh, from the president, as George was saying, a softening of tone, perhaps, by the president, as teased by the White House, but certainly not a position, Mary Alice, the president digging in uh, on the shutdown claim with his, his discussion of a border crisis, as he described it. Democrats saying they're willing to work with the president on security but not until they reopen the government. And the president might have softened his tone when it came to describing what a barrier on the southern border would look like, but it wasn't a soft speech. It was a very grim, dark speech, uh, painting a picture of a crime-ridden United States and really accusing Democrats of not being willing to invest in border security. Of course, then Democrats followed up by saying they were willing to invest in border security, but that the wall was a symbol that they were not willing to get behind. All right. So something that has divided this town uh, now since Trump took office some two years ago, 719 days to be exact. Let's take a listen to that central claim uh, that you were ta talking about, Mary Alice, the president accusing the Democrats of not supporting border security. Take a listen. Democrats in Congress have refused to acknowledge the crisis, and they have refused to provide our brave border agents with the tools they desperately need to protect our families and our nation. The federal government remains shut down for one reason and one reason only, because Democrats will not fund border security. Now, let's do a quick fact check with that. If you're just uh, following along here, Mary Alice, Democrats uh, just earlier this year, earlier la and last year as well, voted in favor of increasing uh, funds of, for border security. In fact, just over uh, a billion dollars. Uh, but it's the wall that's the sticking point. So the president, uh, not quite accurate in, in that claim. And as we heard from Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, they want to do this. They're not in favor of the wall. They are willing to talk about some of these measures to stem the tide of drugs, crime along the border, uh, the influx of migrant fam families, which we've seen uh, is at significant numbers right now. Uh, but the, the devil's in the details, and particularly when it comes to the wall. Right. The president is talking about steel slats, a fence. It doesn't need to be concrete. But any conversation of the wall has cemented Democrats' opposition. They are talking about this being a symbol that they see as fundamentally un-American. You heard uh, Leader Schumer there saying that the symbol of America should be the Statue of Liberty, not a 30-foot barrier. They are totally dug in behind the idea that there will not be funding for a physical barrier on the wall. But they said they want to come to the table and don't want those other agencies held hostage. They want to open the other agencies. And you saw the president sort of hint at that, too. You get the sense that both parties know they have to start working together. I mean, that's how it works. You have to compromise in divided government if we're going to get those federal uh, employees their paycheck. Yeah, it's clear. 800,000 federal workers across the country, not just in this town, uh, facing uh, no paychecks as soon as Friday. That's the first pay period uh, since the shutdown began 18 days ago. So there is a, an increased sense of urgency in this town. Uh, over those paychecks and the financial bite from this shutdown is really about to hit even harder. Uh, we do know uh, that the president is inviting those leaders to the White House tomorrow. It'll be the first time since last week that Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer uh, will go there to negotiate. Let's go to the White House right now where our senior uh, White House correspondent Cecilia Vega is reporting. Cecilia, um, give us the view from there right now. There was a lot riding on this uh, moment for President Trump, his first major Oval Office address. They made clear that he was intending to use this uh, 
a moment as a point of leverage to get those Democrats on board. Uh, what's your sense of early reaction if you're hearing anything so far? Yeah, the president really using the bully pulpit and, and using it, as you say, from the first time from the Oval Office during a prime time address. We know that he was uh, working on this speech uh, up until the last minute today. And, and frankly, that behind the scenes here at the White House, his lawyers have really been heavily, the White House lawyers, I should say, have been uh, heavily involved in trying to figure out whether the president can actually declare uh, a national emergency when it comes to the border, a national crisis when it comes to the border and the situation there. Uh, you know, that was what we were looking for going into this. Would he or would he not make that actual declaration, which we now know he has not. Uh, but as you guys have been saying, there is no end to this shutdown fight. There is no end to uh, this discussion of who or who will not be paying for the wall and will there be a wall built. Um, you know, I, I've got to say, because you call it a crisis doesn't necessarily make it a crisis. And the president came into this, frankly, with a credibility crisis. Uh, he had he and, and his team had been using a number of false statements to try and, and sell this notion of a $5.7 billion funding for his border wall. And uh, and frankly, there were, as you guys have just been pointing out, a number of falsehoods issued yet again tonight. Cecilia Vega at the White House, thanks so much. Much more coming up from you on uh, GMA tomorrow. Let's go to Capitol Hill now where our senior congressional correspondent, uh, Mary Bruce, is standing by. She's tracking the other side of the story. Mary, uh, give us any early reaction you're hearing from lawmakers up there. I know it's about to rain, uh, perhaps an <laughs> ominous sign of what's coming tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, for Democrats, this was a big deal as well to steal some of the national spotlight tonight in prime, prime time to counter the president and really push back on these claims that they're not about border security. Yeah, and you heard from the Democratic leaders there why they felt this was so important. They said they, they demanded equal time because they felt that the president's statement was full of malice and misinformation. But it is just remarkable that once again we have both sides outlining very clearly their position, but absolutely no glimmers of any middle ground or compromise. In fact, what's really astounding is that as this shutdown has dragged on now in day 18, the impasse has only deepened, Devin. And you heard from Democrats uh, there previewing what's to come, which is that they are going to continue as long as this shutdown lasts to try and force Republicans hands force the president by ramping up the pressure continuing to pass measures that would reopen the government but not provide that that 5.7 million that the billion that the president is asking for for his wall and they're really trying to, to put the pressure on Mitch McConnell the Senate Republican leader today uh, uh, they essentially brought the business of the Senate to a screeching halt by saying that they are not going to pass any other legislation until Mitch McConnell agrees to bring up a measure that would fund the government but Mitch McConnell has made very clear he will do no such thing. He will not bring up any funding bill until he is sure that the president will get on board. But Mary, one of the things that has changed uh, just in the past 24 hours is a number of cracks in the Senate Republican conference. We've started to see a number of Republicans start to hint that they could move towards supporting Democrats in reopening the government movement towards Nancy Pelosi's argument tonight, of all things. Yeah, and Devin, we are tracking these members very closely because it's becoming increasingly clear that a lot of Republicans are simply getting very uncomfortable with this shutdown, especially as many of their constituents begin to feel the real impacts of this. Uh, there are now a handful uh, of Republicans, many of whom are up for re-election in 2020, who have said they think it is time to reopen the government with or without the funding for the president's wall. The president seems well aware of this, which is one of the reasons why the president will be here on the Hill tomorrow meeting with rank and file Senate Republicans to try, presumably, to get them in line uh, behind his fight for his border wall.
Yeah, up on the hill before hosting that summit at the White House. Mary Bruce, thanks so much. Get inside, stay dry. Appreciate your reporting. Uh, we're joined now by ABC News contributor John Cohen, former DHS official. And John, we were talking during the speech uh, a couple of striking facets there. The president didn't mention the wall until about five minutes into the speech, and he made no mention of the terrorists' claim, which is tripped up the administration in the past few days. Yeah, I found that really interesting. Um, one, he seemed to be talking much more about the concept of border security, which is a combination of people, technology, and some barriers where it makes sense. And he sounded quite frankly, like some of the Democrats on Capitol Hill who have been talking about the concept of border security. And it was very stark, no mention of terrorism. And I think in large part that has to do with the skepticism that has met the Secretary of Homeland Security and Department of and Homeland Security. Ramadis, what, what is the truth on the terrorism factoid? That Are terrorists come across from Mexico? Have there been any caught? What, what's, what's the actual bottom line? There? Since September 11th, intelligence officials and border security officials have always speculated that terrorist groups would try to go into Mexico, go into Central America, and then sneak into the country to conduct attacks. But what we have found is that's just not the case. Um, in, in part, it's because it's difficult to get here from there. Um, and secondly, they know that we have a lot of border security. So there's easier ways for them to get in the country. So even this administration's data and intelligence uh, states very clearly that there just is not a large flow of terrorists coming from Latin America. We were talking earlier about the tone of the president's speech there, and he laid into a lot of really graphic, brutal details of some crimes committed by illegal immigrants. And during the speech, you were talking about how the impression there, the implication was perhaps not true, that, that immigrants don't commit crimes at a different rate? Explain that to us. Yeah, the rhetoric of this administration would suggest that immigrants, and in particular illegal immigrants, are responsible for, you know, most of the violent crime facing our country. And statistics, incarceration rates, crime reporting, just, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they paint a very different picture. And in fact, immigrants and even illegal immigrants are responsible for much less crime than native-born people. And John, That's before we let you go, uh, it's great to have your perspective because you've studied the border issues mm -hmm. for so many years, spent a lot of time down there, obviously know very well the Border Patrol agents and others who, who patrol that area. I mean, is it even possible to have an entirely secure border? I mean, are we chasing a mythical... Um, you know, ideal here that the thing could be completely sealed. I mean, uh, it does seem that from Democrats, rational Republicans, you do hear that at a certain point there is a lot of hype here. We do a pretty good job keeping it contained. Uh, you know, when is enough enough? Well, we need a secure border. We need to stop terrorists and criminals and drugs from coming into uh, the country. And we need to, uh, to, to stop illegal immigration from coming across the border. And there are humanitarian issues that need to be addressed. Uh, but border professionals, law enforcement professionals, will tell you it's a combination of several things. It's good intelligence, knowing how the traffickers and the smugglers operate. It's using that intelligence to develop adaptive strategies. In some cases, it's using barriers. In some cases, it's using sensors technology. In other cases, it's putting more people on the border, but it's being able to adapt. Because if you put a barrier in one place, the smugglers and the traffickers are going to go to a different place. And if they can't get across the land border, they're going to simply go to the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, or the Caribbean. So the problem here is that if you put all your money uh, and put most of your resources 
into building a large barrier across large land areas, that's money that's not going to be available for the programs, the, res the, the capabilities that we need to address the problems at the a border. A big conversation that needs to be had. Hopefully a fuller conversation once the government reopens uh, and Congress is actually able to function fully and wholly in this town with all the agencies participating in that. Mary Alice Parks, Deputy Political Director, thanks so much for your analysis uh, tomorrow morning in the note at abcnews.com. Always great to have John Cohen here with us. Uh, you know, our, we have an entire team here at ABC News in the Washington Bureau that's been fact-checking this debate since it's been raging uh, over the past few weeks. And I want to take you inside uh, the ABC News uh, team here right now. <clears throat> we have a, a whole host of experts at ABC News that cover uh, everything from Pennsylvania Avenue, that's the Congress and the White House, to the Justice Department. We have a, a global affairs unit as well that covers the State Department. All these experts tonight have been taking a look at a number of the claims that have been bandied about by both sides in this border wall debate, seeking to get to the bottom of it. And I want to bring in one of our experts right now. This is Justin Fischel. Uh, he coordinates our Pennsylvania Avenue team. He's been looking at, uh, good to see you, buddy. Uh, he's been looking at a number of claims tonight yes. by President Trump. And let's start so, with this, this, this big one about, is it an emergency? Well, it was the opening claim, right? The opening claim from the president is that, I'm speaking tonight because there's a growing humanitarian and security crisis at our southern border. That's been the debate. Is there really a crisis? It depends on how you're measuring it. If you are measuring the crisis by the flow of migrants alone, it's hard to say that now is a crisis compared to what we've seen before. For example, in 2001, under George Bush, there were 1.6 million uh, migrants flowing across the border. And these and are numbers, these are numbers from the Department of Homeland Security. Come from the Customs and Border Patrol. Okay. So, in, under Obama, those dropped significantly. We're talking 500,000, hovered around there. And now, under Trump, his first year, we saw just over 300,000 apprehensions at the border. A significant drop. But the key here is that number went up about 90,000 after his first year in office. He did not like that. He is focused on that. He is calling it a crisis, but you have to look at the bigger picture. Is it a crisis compared to what we've seen tr historically over the past two decades? I can tell you the numbers are way, way lower now. So crisis, emergency, the terminology could somewhat be in the eye of the beholder, but Absolutely. the numbers tell a very interesting story when you look 10, 20 years out very low inflows of undocumented immigrants right, right now. now. Now the other, I mean, the, it, was a, it was a quick, you know, concise, he had, he had well-scripted uh, uh, remarks tonight, which is, is not always the case. Now, but the, but the other one that he has repeated a number of times that we found it was that the USMCA, that's this new trade deal that he's right, negotiated. Mexico was supposed to pay for the wall. The president tonight seemed so the, to imply I, again. I mean, the basic one there is if, if Mexico is paying for it, why are we having this discussion? Why is the government shut down right now? Why are we holding this whole thing up until we get taxpayer dollars to pay for it? So, but the, but the bottom line is that um, the USMCA deal itself has not been approved by Congress. Congress needs to get that done first before anyone can start claiming that this deal will pay for it. And even then, it's going to be hard to tie whatever savings you might interpret from that on trade to 
to to government coffers to paying for the wall itself. So it's yeah. It, the president it tonight even said up. that that was an indirect. In right. his view, an indirect payment by Mexico. We'll see. That's a hotly debated one. Perhaps a campaign promise uh, that uh, is still yet unfulfilled, obviously, uh, since it hasn't been uh, agreed to by Congress. Thanks yeah. for coming over, course, Justin. And we know you have uh, Fact Check Friday That's as a regular right. feature a, that is a regular uh, on ABCnews.com. So be check it out there. Thanks so much, buddy. Right, uh, well, it's not just the Capitol Hill and White House units that are tracking, uh, fact checking some of these statements. Tonight we have our Justice Department team. Uh, this is our guy at the Justice Department, Jack. Good to see you, Jack. Good to see you. You are our senior producer covering all of these agencies, DHS, Border Patrol, uh, and the like. And you were paying close attention tonight to some of the president's claims about drugs coming into this country. What, what have you found? Those claims were largely accurate. So he, he cited several drugs, meth, heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl flowing over the border in large quantities. And that tracks exactly with what the DEA has put out in their 2018 drug threat assessment report that that's where the drugs are coming from, largely through the south southwest border. However, they're coming in through ports of entry, largely as well. So those are so the legal entry points is where the drugs right. are coming and, and, and from, finally, not through the desert. Well, some of it are certainly coming to the desert as well. But according to the DEA, a large amount of it is coming through legal ports of entry, being smuggled in through vehicles, stashed in vehicles and gas tanks in in other compartments and passenger vehicles, also shipped in containers uh, um, through through commerce. So stashed in vegetables or in furniture or other things that are coming in uh, through Mexico. And, and what have you seen, Jack, in terms of the, the the level, the amount of drugs coming in? The president seems to say, I mean, obviously we're in the midst of an opioid crisis, an opioid Precisely. epidemic right now. Is that because of Mexico? Is it because of the drugs coming in from the southern border? Or it's, it's look, the Mexican cartels largely control the heroin trade in this country, and and most of the drugs, uh, heroin, is coming in from Mexico uh, through the southwest border. So that's certainly true. Uh, other opo opioids, though, it gets a little more murky because uh, fentanyl, which is really driving the death crisis that we have, you know, if you're looking for a real crisis, fentanyl is the real crisis. That's that's driving a lot of the overdose deaths in this country. And, and when the president says the number of overdose deaths exceeded the number of people that died in the Vietnam War, he's right about that. That first happened in 2016, happened again in 2017. It's expected to increase again in 2018, according to law enforcement sources I talked to. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's getting a, worse. It's a big problem. Everybody agrees it's a problem. But, but when it comes fentanyl, to the wall... Well, well so... When it comes to the wall, fentanyl is a complicated problem. So it's also coming from China, uh -huh. and increasingly it's been ordered, being ordered on the dark web, and it's being shipped by parcel carriers. So you know, uh, you know, FedEx, DHL, uh, U.S. Mail, other things like that, uh, delivered to people's doorsteps. And so, the border wall is not going to help that problem at all. And it, 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 that's that's becoming a more thorny problem and a complicated one at that. All right. Well, thanks for talking to us, Jack. We have a lot of work left to do tonight. Thank you so much for all these fact checks from Jack, Justin, and the entire team uh, here at ABC News. Go to abcnews.com. Download the app. We've got a full fact check going right now about the Democrats' uh, statements tonight and the Republicans, the president's statements. We'll keep that going uh, through the rest of the week. Meantime, 800,000 federal workers, have we've, we've been saying tonight, have been watching these speeches in primetime play out, concerned about their paychecks. Uh, thousands of contract workers, in addition, the businesses that rely on these people. Here at ABC News, we've been talking to a number of people impacted by this shutdown. Here are some of their voices now. Ultimately, at the end of the day, there's not a lot that I can do. I'm locked out of my job. I want to go to work. I want to do my job. And I'm being prevented to do, from doing that. You're able to work. You, you made a commitment to this job. And, you know, right now, 
your bosses, which is the president, is not fulfilling their part of it. You, and that's something that's really, you know, um, I struggle with that. I may be at the food bank with the next guy trying to get something because we, you know, you run out of money. If the checks aren't coming in, that means there's no money. I have all of these other things that are going on in my life, you know, and now I have to worry about not getting a check. I will be honest, I, I actually Google Uber and Lyft. And I, what I Googled was like, hey, is it safe? You know, kind of an accident around. Should I do this? When I don't have multi-million dollars, you know, in the bank. I don't have family that has that. I don't have friends that have the kind of resources you can do where you can actually decide not to work and it's going to be okay. And we'll keep checking in with so many of our viewers who have been impacted by the shutdown. If you know of anyone impacted, you have a story to share. Join us at abcnews.com slash politics. We have a shutdown uh, portal there. We'd love you to share uh, that story with us so we can get in touch with you. Uh, meantime, uh, it's not just the workers here across the country who are watching uh, tonight's uh, developments, but those living along border communities along the southwest border, which is ground zero for this debate. That's where our senior national correspondent Matt Gutman is right now. He's been reporting today from Hidalgo, Hidalgo, Texas, there with the wall right behind him, uh, part of the fence there, I guess, that already exists. Matt, uh, give us your big takeaway from the speech tonight and uh, what you've been hearing from folks down in that community. I think the president, Kevin uh, Devin, would call these steel slats, uh, and they are, and they're pretty formidable and pretty robust and uh, about 20-some feet high we've been trying to measure. Um, I was actually surprised at the president's speech. It was in turn, in turns, very methodical and also quite gory at times when he started talking about uh, the carnage caused by what he said uh, were the killers and rapists and the people who've come across the border to wreak havoc in the United States. That's not exactly the message that we've been getting from Customs and Border Patrol officials who are talking about uh, a crisis here at the border, but not specifically a crisis of, of numbers. This is not uh, the 1.6 million migrants who crossed into the United States from Mexico mostly in 2001. We're talking about 360 61,000 who've crossed. And these are most, mostly Central American migrants, mostly families with children, 22,000 children in the month of December alone. And this is what Customs and Border Protection is dealing with right now. And what they're asking for are resources to deal with this. Uh, they need more medics. They need better facilities, more beds to house these people who they've detained, many of them women, children, um, and some of them older people. So it's a very different crisis than the one that the president um, talked about, but one that does need to be dealt with and one in which Customs and Border Protection and uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement have said that they urgently need help with and more resources for as well. Devin. All right, Matt Gottman, thanks so much for your reporting, Matt. Uh, really important perspective down there from the border. We know you'll continue uh, reporting for all ABC News platforms tomorrow morning. Good morning, America, uh, as well. I want to go to our political director, Rick Klein, now, who's been watching uh, tonight's coverage and, of course, watch the speech uh, by President Trump and the Democrats as well. Let's bring in Rick Klein. Rick, I wanted to go to you for your big picture take right now. You know, we came into this speech on border security in the midst of a shutdown. Uh, as we've been discussing tonight here, uh, it doesn't seem all that much has, has changed. The needle doesn't appear to have moved. But where do you think things will stand tomorrow morning and going forward with this debate? Well, right now we don't have a national emergency, but we do have a political emergency for President Trump. And I think it came through in the massively different tact that he tried. This was a, a different president trying out a different bag of tricks, I think, in, in an acknowledgement that he hasn't been able to move things, practically begging Democrats to come to the table, but not showing any likelihood to negotiate on his own. And, and it felt to me like the president is recognizing that what he has 
has done so far in this, to his own frustration, has not worked. And he is acknowledging that he is, at this point, playing a losing hand. And how that spills over into tomorrow when he meets with Democrats and Republicans at the White House will be interesting. As interesting, potentially, will be when he meets with Senate Republicans. Because, as you've noted, there are cracks in that so-called wall of support that the president has been able to enjoy inside his own Republican Party. That could be a major problem for him politically. To me, this is a president that recognizes that he just isn't winning right now. All right, Rick Klein, thanks so much for your analysis. We know you have much more tomorrow morning uh, in the note at abcnews.com. You can uh, follow the note and all of its political coverage, of course, on the ABC News app as well. Rick, thank you for that. And thank you so much for watching our special coverage uh, here tonight of the president's address to the nation and the Democratic response. If you missed any of the speeches from the president to the Democrats, our fact check and analysis here at ABC News, you can catch more of it right now, starting now. Hi everyone, George Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News YouTube channel. If you'd like to get more videos, show highlights, and watch live event coverage, click on the right over here to subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to download the ABC News app for breaking news alerts. Thanks for watching.